Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Beats Research Radio, a podcast and YouTube channel dedicated to bringing our community closer to research in the science and engineering fields. My name is Kieran, a student from the TMM program at UOttawa, and I'll be your host on today's special podcast episode for the Science Communication TMM 4950 course. Welcome, Dr. Delizio. We are so happy to have you on Beats Research Radio. Just to open things up a little bit, could you please tell us about your lab and the work that you do? Yeah, so um, I'm the head of the exercise is regenerative medicine lab. And so we study how exercise can help um, tissues, specifically like the immune and blood system, as well as skeletal muscle, uh, repair and regenerate um, themselves in the context of disease. And um, the diseases that we mostly focus on are um, chronic diseases like obesity, as well as um, we have models and, and studies that work focus on cancer and cancer survivorship. And so we're really trying to make a contribution uh, in the area that better understands like molecular and cellular mechanisms of how exercise is good uh, for the body and why exercise works. Because obviously, I think everybody knows that it's good for you, but exactly how that works is, is still an open question. So that's kind of where we're trying to, to make an impact. That's very interesting. Thank you very much. Now, the title provided for the podcast was Exercise is Regenerative Medicine. Can you dive into a little bit of detail about how exercise can be considered as regenerative medicine? Yeah, absolutely. So, so regenerative medicine is kind of a field of study that it, it looks at, it's a little bit different than medicine. So if you think about medicine, that would be like stopping a disease process or treating a disease process. And with regenerative medicine, what, what that field tries to do is, is repair or regrow any of the damage that's been done by a disease. And so uh, obviously, I mean, maybe not obviously, but, but that involves uh, and requires the use of stem cells, which are kind of very rare uh, cell populations that we all have in our different tissues throughout the body. So they're present in the, in the blood system, in the muscle in the brain, liver, everywhere, every organ pretty much has some stem cells. And stem cells job is to basically um, supply a continuous replacement population of cells as, as the mature cells in your tissues become damaged or deteriorated or, or, you know, with disease or age. And so what we try to do is understand how exercise can enhance that process of uh, tissue regeneration through impacting stem cell content and stem cell function, basically. Very interesting. Thank you. Now, in 2021, your group published a paper titled Exercise Improves Cancer-Free Survival and Health Span in a Model of Radiation-Induced Cancer. Can you give us a bit of an overview and a summary in your terms of the findings of that particular study? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So, yeah, that's one of our, our recent papers. And, um, Basically, with that paper, we there there's this growing population in society of, of uh, cancer survivors. So, so most people diagnosed with cancer will actually survive beyond five years and live long term um, after their initial diagnosis, um, and that's great news. But then, one of the complications of that is is some um, secondary cancers that are actually caused by the chemo and radiation therapy that that most cancer patients undergo, and so. <clears throat> You know, exercise is currently recommended for cancer survivors, but there hasn't been much data on whether exercise can actually prevent recurrence or secondary tumors after the initial treatment. 
And so we built off some previous data uh, using a mouse model where we gave mice, um, we exposed them to like a low dose of radiation um, that would induce some damage and mutations in their blood cells, but wouldn't, wouldn't obviously kill them right away. And eventually, without any intervention, uh, a certain number of those mice would go on to develop uh, blood cancer. So it was a pretty good model of long-term cancer survivorship, at least we thought. And so what we did was um, after we gave them the radiation, we exposed some of the mice to uh, regular exercise training on a, on a mouse treadmill. And then we had some mice that didn't uh, engage in exercise at all. Um, we also had a diet component to it where some mice were fed a high fat diet with or without exercise to kind of induce an obesity phenotype. And, and what we found was that the exercise condition um, not only reduced the, the um, number of, of cancers caused by the radiation, long-term cancers caused by the radiation, especially compared to the mice fed the high fat diet, um, but it also improved the health span. Health span was kind of like uh, a collection of markers related to how active the mice were, um, some psychological measures, some physical function and physical fitness measures. So it wasn't only, or exercise wasn't only um, reducing kind of their cancer diagnoses, but it was also improving their quality of life in the, in the years post the, the radiation exposure. Excellent. That sounds great. That's obviously a very robust and a very detailed study. I know you've touched on it a bit uh, before, but I wanted to sort of bring it back up. What exactly prompts you or motivates you to do a study either like this one or like others that you've done? Well, like I, uh, when we were doing that study, obviously we had mice running on a, a treadmill two to three days a week um, for almost two years. So I, I definitely questioned why I was doing the study at several points during the study. Um but basically what I'm trying to do or what we're trying to do in my lab and in our research with studies like that is, is really make an impact on this large number of cancer survivors that, you know, hopefully they, they want to get back to their, their normal life after their treatment and after their, um, their diagnoses. And, you know, it, it might not be feasible, you know, with drugs or other kind of treatments to help improve the quality of their tissues and help improve their physical function uh, in the long run. And so we think that by studying exercise, we can maybe, you know, encourage some lifestyle changes that um, are, you know, relatively accessible for most people in terms of like cost and, and time, as well as uh, effective. So that's what, that's what we were, we were trying to do. And, and uh, I think we have some data, at least in the mouse models that we use that would support that. And obviously, in the long term, hopefully we can translate some of this to some clinical studies and, and then um, may really make an impact in, in the lives of the cancer survivors. Exactly. Now, to follow up a little bit more, um, in your study, uh, like you mentioned previously, uh, you have a healthier diet condition and a high fat diet condition. In your opinion, to what extent does the diet condition uh, or does nutrition factor into your findings uh, in combination with the exercise and as an independent factor? Yeah, that's a good thing. So that's a good question. So, I mean, we always get these nutrition questions whenever we do the exercise studies because um, they, they seem to go hand in hand, right? Like diet and exercise, it's like two sides of the same coin, basically, right? Yeah. Um, and so in our case, we, we just use the diet to induce, uh, induce obesity. 
And the reason we use that is because uh, obesity is is very prevalent in cancer survivors, um, even more so than in the general population. Um, so after a cancer diagnosis, um, people tend to gain uh, fat tissue. They're less physically active, um, and and they tend to uh, increase their body mass. So they they have this obesity kind of phenotype or or um, condition, and so we wanted to make our findings kind of the most translatable um, as we could uh, across the population of cancer survivors. And so we included the, the groups that were fed a, a high fat diet. Um, it also kind of experimentally, it would, it would make the conditions worse, right? So the lean mice were kind of in the middle, whereas the mice who were fed the diet uh, were, you know, kind of the worse off and then exercise kind of even Help made things better in the lean mice and then the high fat ones that kind of brought them back to the ones that were lean and never exercised. So, um, you know, that was, that was definitely an interesting finding suggesting the exercise could, could reduce some of those effects of, of obesity, um, for sure. Some, in, some interesting findings. Absolutely. Now you mentioned the translatability of these findings to shift it a bit more uh, to the people perspective, everybody comes to the table with a bit of a different definition of what exactly being active means. Uh, for some, exercise is not necessarily intuitive. So in your words, what would you consider or define as exercise? Yeah, so this is a, a great question and something that people often um, confuse. They, they think that any type of movement or activity is exercise, right? And, and you know, this is always something, even, even scientists in the literature, when they're reporting their findings, they're, they're calling it exercise when it's actually not exercise. And so um, exercise is something that's planned uh, and it's a goal-oriented uh, uh, activity, right? So the goal of an exercise intervention might be to I want to improve my um, my fitness, whether that's my aerobic fitness or my strength. I want to improve my muscle mass. And so you plan and design a program with that specific goal in mind, right? So that's different than just being physically active. Physically active is any type of movement that you would do um, that involves muscle contraction. So walking up the stairs, right? Um, you know, walking to work or walking to class, Anything like that, you know, playing intramurals, those types of things uh, are are physical activity, not necessarily exercise because they're not planned out and they don't have an end goal in mind. So um, all exercise is physical activity, but all physical activity is not exercise. Does that hopefully that makes sense? Absolutely. That's an excellent way of defining it. Now, to build on this a little bit, and again, we're taking it to that uh, human perspective, to that clinic perspective. Should exercise, in your opinion, be considered and implemented into treatment plans for cancer patients? Um, yeah, so absolutely. Actually, it's not just it's not just me who, who would think that, but all of the governing bodies for, or the major ones anyways, for exercise science, so the ones in Canada and the US and in Europe, Australia, et cetera, they have guidelines for um, exercise training for not only cancer prevention for some specific types of cancer, but also for, for patients who are undergoing treatment and also for survivors. So there are specific guidelines and recommendations. And it's not just the exercise people talking about that. It's also the cancer people who, who agree with these because a lot of the societies that support cancer research and that um, um, translate some of the knowledge from these cancer research studies, help patients. They also um, align with the recommendations that are, are out there from the exercise kind of bodies, et cetera. 
the the problem or the limitation, I guess, is is and something we need to do better as a field is getting that information to the patients and to the physicians, right? So when a physician, when a patient goes to a physician, um, the physicians don't always have access. They're they're concerned about treating the disease, right? As they should be. That's their primary concern. Um, and so they might not be experts in exercise science or how to prescribe or what exactly to prescribe for the patients, what's safe, what's appropriate, how much to do, how often to do it kind of thing. So there's efforts within the exercise field to have a better integration between kinesiologists or exercise physiologists and cancer centers. So you'll see um, in Alberta there and Saskatchewan, there's some leading centers in Canada where they do have uh, exercise facilities inside of cancer research centers, and there's really good integration between clinicians and oncologists and exercise physiologists and kinesiologists, and they work together closely so patients can participate in these exercise programs while they're undergoing their treatment or even once they're done their treatment. And so um, we always like to talk about in the exercise oncology field is we use the cardiac rehab kind of as a model, right? Where if you look at Ottawa, the Ottawa Heart Institute, right inside the Heart Institute is a cardiac rehab center. And it's really well integrated with um, the physicians who are treating cardiovascular diseases and the patients have access to a gym and to kinesiologists to be able to prescribe the appropriate amounts and types of exercise. Uh, in the exercise oncology or the cancer field, we're not quite there yet, but there are being strides made in that direction for sure. So um Hopefully, in the not too distant future, we'll have um, much better integration um, there, like they do in the cardiac rehab uh, area. Well, it's excellent to see that the wheels are already turning and that the uh, future is looking bright for the field. Um, that's all the questions we have for you today. That was Dr. Michael Delizio, Associate Professor at the University of Ottawa and member of the Canadian Society for Exercise Physiology, American College of Sports Medicine, and American Physiological Society. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore Delizio or via website at www.deliziolab.ca. Thank you so much for joining us today. On behalf of our director, Dr. Emilio Alarcon, and the whole Beats Research Radio team, we thank you all for tuning in. Beats Radio is supported by the University of Ottawa Heart Institute, the Beats Laboratory, and the Department of Biochemistry, Microbiology, and Immunology at the University of Ottawa. Don't forget to follow our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube platforms to stay in the loop of our latest uploads. Wishing everyone good health. See you all next week. Bye.